Hey folks, welcome to Distill the Bourbon Podcast. We are here back at Brent's Bar right outside the turret where we usually record the podcast. And we're going to make some cocktails today. Something I've been seeing out in the world is some, you know, everyone knows the old-fashioned, the Manhattan, uh, you know, highball and so forth like that. These classic bourbon cocktails, you've seen them on cocktail menus forever and ever in restaurants and bars. But there are some really interesting takes on bourbon cocktails that have existed for a long time, decades, generations even, but they weren't really that well known. But when they start showing up in, in your neighborhood bar, you know something's going on. I'm talking about uh, people doing things like having a, a bourbon and champagne cocktail. Very interesting. We might talk, talk about that in a little bit. Um, but the, the one I want to start off with is one I found at Limestone Branch in Lebanon, Kentucky. A beautiful distillery. I love, love the tour there. It's very scenic. The master distiller is also a master gardener. So uh, there's something there for everybody. And they have a nice little bar there. And I was there one hot summer day uh, last year, maybe two years ago. And I saw that they had a featured cocktail on their bar that they call the Spirit of Limestone. Limestone Branch's special cocktail. I've never seen it anywhere else. And it was a drink that involved their Yellowstone bourbon and their B&B gin. Bourbon and gin in a cocktail? I've never seen that before. Well, I, and I'm not really a gin guy, but their, their gin very, very mellow, and I, and I like that. Um, but I'm thinking, I'm never going to see this anywhere else. At least it's going to be a long gotta time. Do it. You got to do it. So I did it. I, I had two. <laughs> they were really good. Um, there's a very low junipery gin, uh, which I think helped. Um, it also involves uh, some uh, simple syrup, some lime juice, which we don't have lime juice yet, do we? We don't, but we'll get work, working on that. that, that I got my best people working on it. Um, so uh, some bourbon, some gin, uh, some simple syrup, some lime juice, and some bitters. Unfortunately, we don't have any Yellowstone bourbon uh, in stock at the bar. We're going to substitute with a Derby edition of Woodford because we're recording this during Derby Week 2022. In fact, I was at Churchill Downs yesterday. I didn't lose any money because I didn't bet any money. Uh, we don't have uh, Yellowstone Branch's uh, B&B gin, so we're going to uh, substitute just some uh, Tangeray, um, dry London gin. Uh, some roses simple syrup and some fee brothers old-fashioned bitters that's what the at, at limestone branch they don't say exactly what goes into it but they do say uh, the yellowstone the b&b uh, uh, lime simple syrup um, and old-fashioned bitters my best guess since we don't know the portions and they're not available online my best guess is going to be two parts bourbon to one part gin what do you think guys i agree yeah okay so we're gonna start it's off bourbon with, and gin. Yeah. <laughs> now, do they have a barrel aged gin that they use, or do they just use a regular gin? To, to my knowledge, it's just their B&B gin right okay. off the shelf. I've tasted it at the tasting bar. It's very nice. I think I've mentioned I'm not really a gin guy. Sure, I'm a bitters guy, though. So there's a nice amount of bitters. What was that? Five or six shakes, you think? Every bit of it. I'm going to go real easy on the simple syrup. I find simple syrup goes a long way. We've got this really cool jigger here. I'm gonna go with one and a half ounces of this Woodford. If our friends at Limestone Branch will send us some Yellowstone, we'd love to use the real thing. Yeah. And I tell you, there are people out there who really love Yellowstone, and the fact that there is a hit show on 
TV right it's now. It's really, really popular. <laughs> oh, my new show. Yeah. My gosh. It's just, it has nothing to do with each other, right? Not really. Uh, aside it's from great the, time. They advertise. They're, they're smart enough to advertise during the show, so I think that's really helped them out as well. No doubt. So the Yellowstone bourbon is named for uh, Yellowstone National Park. It was a real novelty 100 years ago or thereabouts. Okay. Uh, with that little stirring stick right there, please, Brian. Thank you, sir. We're gonna mix this concoction together. Lime juice is ready for you. Oh, when yes, you were thank ready, you. sir. Thank you. And there is a uh, little sieve if you need one. I think that one's pretty clean. We're just gonna pour straight in there. That's the important. That looks right. We're not very scientific here. Oh, some of us are. <laughs> I'm not very scientific. I'm not either. Okay. Some so, are smart, and the rest of us have to be scientific. We're going to split this up a little bit. It smells very familiar. I'm reminded of about a 92-degree day. Okay, you, you got to get all the ice as a result of that. All right. And so, cheers. 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 Again, it's just a summary kind of thing yeah. to me. You and, said Christmas. And this is my first time trying this. Have you tried this, Brent? Mm. You know, that is not bad at all. Oh, that's delicious. It's refreshing. Oh, that the, the gin is does give a, a bit of refreshment. It does, right? yeah. I'm not saying it's a winter drink, but summer's coming, so. Yeah. I can sit on the front porch and drink this all day. And I think this is a drink that if you don't love bourbon yet, um, this is a drink that it, it's not overpowering, the bourbon is. It's not. So. Right. You get it. It's certainly there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel it in different. The gin comes hits me on the backside. Yeah, hmm. I like that. Of course, the bitters, good amount of bitters. Oh, yeah. yeah, bitters really makes a drink. <laughs> just gonna start calling you bitters. <laughs> well, it's Chuck Tastic. Now it's just bitters. Wonder how uh, coffee would be with bitters in it. Uh, oh, I bet you're gonna find out. Morning comes soon enough. Yeah. All right. Well, there's your first drink. You said this was a limestone. A spirit of limestone. Spirit of limestone. Fantastic. That's a lot like I remember it, and it's that's a fine cocktail. Who would have thought bourbon and gin, but I give it A+. plus. Absolutely. All right, that's our first drink. We're going to reset, and we'll be right back. Hey, guys. I'm Brian, and we're back. Today, I'm going to make a Kentucky Mule. I'm sure most of you guys are familiar with the traditional Moscow Mule. It's very similar, uh, except we add bourbon instead of the vodka. So today, I'm going to use Wild Turkey 101. Typically with cocktails for me, I like to use something about 100 proof. Typically I use rye whiskeys as opposed to bourbons, but it is called a Kentucky Mule, so of course I've gotta use bourbon. Uh, so let's get started here with this wild turkey. What I typically do is one to two, uh, half bourbon to the ginger beer. So what I'll do is I'll go ahead and add two ounces of wild turkey. The great thing about this cocktail is you don't have to have a shaker. It's very simple. You can just use a copper mug or any other type of shaker glass. You know, I've had mules in other kind of glassware. They're just I really not like the copper mug. Yeah, I do too. I got these as a present. Uh, I think maybe a Christmas present, a birthday present, and I just love them. They're not very expensive. You can get them at big box stores. You can get them online. Yeah. Um, they just make all the difference, and they they. Uh, you, you fill them up with some uh, crushed ice, and they get oh, yeah. cold. They, they do. The, they, they stay chilled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's cool looking. Oh, it is. Especially if you're doing a Kentucky Mule or a Moscow Mule. This is the, the traditional way of drinking it. So you've got two of uh, wild 
turkey. I got two ounces of wild turkey. And, and you did two, one shot of uh, crab. Two, two, four ounces. Two, okay. Yeah, so crabbies. I like crabbies. Do you like crabbies ginger I like, beer? I mean, it's a I prefer, real ginger beer. I prefer crabby ginger beer because it does have alcohol, which adds a little bit to the cocktail. Uh, there are in a uh, ginger beers out there. Um, Stoli's has one, and there's a few others. But I prefer crabbies. Yeah. Uh, the uh, same bartender that taught us about the barrel aged Manhattan down at uh, CKB, mm -hmm. uh, he said, "Don't make one without crabbies." Yeah, and yeah. I've kind of done that ever since he said that. Yeah. And I just love it. it is a little bit more, but my philosophy is your cocktails. You want to use good ingredients because it is going to taste, you know, similar to the ingredients you put in there. And that's why I always use fresh uh, fruit whenever I, I do cocktails. Yes, of course, there are, there are like lime squeezes and things of that nature out in the market. I never use that with my cocktails. I always try to use uh, stuff that's fresh. The other thing is, uh, if you are in a hurry, it is okay to use uh, a lime squeeze or lemon squeeze. But here today, we're gonna use fresh squeezed lemon juice. And it calls for a half ounce. That's about a half that's ounce. Close. Like I said, we're not. I'm not scientific here. Brent may be on the next cocktail. Uh, so, so it's a journey. It's a journey. So then once you have it poured, all you gotta do is shake it up a little bit. Like I said, this is a great cocktail because if you're on your back porch and you, you don't wanna go into the kitchen to get a, a bunch of uh, items, you know, all you gotta have is your Moscow Mule cup and you're good to go. Love that. So I'm gonna shake it up and pour for you guys. You know, I'll make a uh, derivation of this drink with uh, bourbon and I was out of limes one day. You've heard me say this on the podcast before. So uh, I made it with lemons and it was fantastic. I call it a Kentucky donkey because oh, I've been thinking yeah. of a better name. Uh, but uh, cheers, fellas. Cheers, guys. Cheers. The other thing about this cocktail is the it hides the bourbon. So you don't have to use a super expensive bourbon. You want to use a quality bourbon, but I wouldn't use, you know, Pat Van Winkle or something that's hard to get in this cocktail because you're not really going to taste the bourbon. Damon Brown, Cooper's Craft. Blends. No. No blends. So before uh, my trip to Churchill Downs yesterday, I had only had a Kentucky Mule one time at a restaurant chain that will go unnamed. Just out of curiosity, I, I ordered one and it came back so sweet. I don't know if they added a bunch of simple syrup. I was assuming ginger beer is super sweet. And it's like, I couldn't drink it. I had to let my wife try it. But uh, a buddy made uh, some Kentucky Mules for the ride up in our chauffeured uh, vehicle we weren't driving. And I, it opened my eyes. This is delicious. Yeah. yeah. And one thing about this cocktail, especially the reason why I use 100 proof, is because this gonna take away some of that sweetness. Uh, if you use a lower proof bourbon, such as 80 proof, you're, it's gonna be a little bit sweeter. Yeah, so we've said this several times. Use bourbon that you like to drink, but it doesn't have to be expensive allocated stuff. I have a JW Dant right back here behind the counter that I pull off the shelf as often as I pull anything off when I'm making a cocktail. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it can't be understated. I completely respect what you talked about using fresh squeezed juice. I agree, and this this is very limiting. Oh, yeah. Very limiting. Yeah. Um, for my day-to-day -day house cocktails, I do use the, the, the bottled uh, lemon juice but if you would even take a slice of fresh lime, squeeze a little bit in there and drop that, that wedge sure. in there, it, it makes a huge difference. Huge yeah. difference. So. 
Well done, Brian. All right, thank you. Excellent. We've got one more drink for you, so stick around, and uh, we're going to finish this yeah. and be right back. Stay tuned. Cool. Grant will be right back with the next cocktail. It is. That's I love these mugs. Yeah. All right, we're back for my cocktail, and today I'm going to make a forbidden sour, which is a twist on a whiskey sour. Uh, the, the forbidden part comes from the pomegranate liqueur. Uh, now, I think this is called, is it, is it Pama? Pama, yeah. Uh, I got this at your place at, at uh, Beverage Barn. Uh, it's, it's not inexpensive, but it lasts forever because this is potent stuff, guys. Uh, a little goes a really long way. I've had this uh, probably over a year, and you can see I'm about halfway through with it. Uh, this, this uh, I found this drink online, and uh, I, I was trying different bourbon cocktails, and I like pomegranate molasses and that sort of thing, and, and I was kind of looking for a drink that maybe some of uh, the female guests that come to some of our parties would really like and cling to a bourbon drink. And it turns out that female uh, drinkers or guests do like it, but so do all the guys and everybody else. It's kind of become one of those staples. So uh, that was just me being an idiot, but it's such a good drink. I wanted to share that with you and uh, let's make it now. So this one's pretty easy. It's uh, one ounce of bourbon. Today I'm using Kentucky Peerless. Uh, bourbon Love this from the fellas in Louisville And I'm gonna put it in the Boston shaker. I've already got ice in there uh, I'm using some rather large ice cubes so that uh, When I shake it up, it doesn't make it too cloudy uh, So when that ice melts it uh, tends to cloud the drink uh, one ounce of the pomegranate liqueur. So one to one. Yeah. Then one ounce of lemon juice. Oh, there's our sour. There you go. That'll pick you up. <clears throat> and you think one ounce of lemon juice to one ounce of bourbon? Uh, that's going to be it's going to be a killer. Well, it does have half an ounce of simple syrup, so it's going to take a little bit of that that uh, bitter off and I go really easy on the simple syrup. I'd rather have it tart than oh, sweet. It's called sour. Yeah. So uh, we'll just put a little half an ounce in there. Try to put the top on. There we go. Shake away, get it as cold as you can get it. You look like you could bartend with Tom Cruise, you know what I mean? Yeah, people get me mixed up with Tom Cruise all the time. <laughs> so I'm just going to pour this uh, just a little, just a little bit in each one of these glasses to see where we are. All right, fellas, see what this is like. It's a little darker than the typical sweet and sour. It does, doesn't it? Cheers. 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 It's kind of it's a more complex drink than what we've had today. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that palma changes things yeah. a lot. It does, doesn't it? You do get a little tart there on the end. For it's sure. It's not near as sweet as the sweet and sour. Uh, yeah, I pull back on that. Yeah, I, I used to drink them uh, quite a, quite a bit, but I've gone away from. But this is very good. Yeah. So I had a taste of a bottled 
mint julep yesterday. It was so sweet. Was it all syrup? It was all syrup. Yeah. Uh, I my, my buddy let me try it. I it, it's just it's just too much. I'm just not a fan of mint juleps. Period. I've oh. I've, I've tried to enjoy them during derby, and I just can't. <laughs> uh, a can't well, acquire a taste for them. A well made a well made mint julep is a thing of beauty. My wife makes a nice one. Fresh mint, good whiskey, minimum of simple syrup, and she actually cooks um, makes it from scratch and yep. cooks it on the stove. It's simple syrup. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's good stuff. Yeah. But boy, it can a mint julep can go bad real mm, fast. Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, sweet drinks like uh, old fashions. They're, they're not my thing. I appreciate them for their history and what yeah. they are, but give me something with a little bit of bite and a good uh, good dose of bourbon and uh, I'll do all day. So I mentioned that we're seeing some really interesting bourbon cocktails out there at uh, one of our local eateries. They've just started a Sunday brunch and one of the cocktails that, uh, that they put on the menu is called a, a Bourbon 75. It was new to me. It actually goes back a long ways, kind of. Uh, after World War One in uh, Paris, there was a bar called Harry's New York Bar in, in France, Paris. Right. So, uh, and uh, uh, one of the uh, the Germans' uh, dangerous weapons at, at the time, pre WW2, was was seventy five uh, uh, artillery uh, shell, and so uh, they came up with the, the French seventy five, which was uh, I think it was uh, gin and champagne. Uh, later, they came up with the uh, French 125, which I think was cognac and champagne. But the Bourbon 75 is some concoction of bourbon and champagne or prosecco, 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 thank you, and or, or a sparkling wine and so forth. Mm -hmm. Our local brunch put that on the menu. Uh, it, it's orange juice, right? Uh, champagne. champagne, champagne, yeah. Yes. So, so champagne and bourbon. So bourbon, uh, uh, champagne. A, a, little, a little simple syrup. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Right. No fruit juice at all. No fruit juice at all. Uh, delicious. Not overly sweet at all. Uh, it's, it's really great. I, I, after doing a little bit of research, I see that there's a, uh, someone who, out there who takes uh, bourbon and some orange liqueur and some sparkling wine or champagne or whatever you have available. Main thing is try some stuff at your own home bar. Uh, you know, look online. There's all kinds of recipes out there. Some really cool things that you could do that seems so unlikely. Bourbon and champagne? Yes, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, you got to make these your own too. You know, oh, if you yeah. don't like one to one to one to half, change it. See what uh, see what yeah, you. If it's are. a little too sweet, just knock off a little simple syrup. Yeah. Uh, if it's a little too tarty or uh, too much lime or lemon, just knock a little off, and you might have your perfect cocktail. Uh, a poor man's whiskey sour in my book. Bourbon and orange juice. It gets oh, it that's great. I still haven't tried that. That's fantastic. So another cocktail that is very intriguing to me is called an elder fashioned. So elder fashioned is used with Saint Germain. So typically, the typical elder fashioned was used with Scotch doers, uh, but we're in Kentucky, so of course we gotta use bourbon, right? Or, yeah, or rye whiskey made in Kentucky. So two ounces of rye whiskey or bourbon, three ounces of. Uh, Saint Germain, and then a couple dashes of bitters. It calls for two. I, I like to go with maybe four or five dashes of bitters. <laughs> oh, man, uh, and it like just makes it a, a great cocktail. So Saint Germain is a liquor just like Palma. Uh, it is a little pricey, but again, like Brent said, it lasts a very long time. Uh, you probably use one bottle a year if you use it in, in that type of cocktail. My wife conceived of the idea at a family Thanksgiving gathering a couple of years ago 
uh, pre-COVID, uh, uh, bring a bottle of Pama and some inexpensive sparkling wine, and rather than a mimosa, made this Pama Pomarosa. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what you even call it. Uh, it was a sensation in the family. People who had been drinking mimosas for years were like, "I want that." So, uh, Pama is thirty-five dollars a bottle, something like that. Thirty-five, forty. Yeah. It, it goes a long way. Unless you're the family Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> it goes like that. You know, we talked a lot about Bloody Marys made with uh, bourbon on several of our episodes. Uh, but let's just mention it one more time since we're talking about cocktails. We thought about making it today, but it's just almost too simple. Uh, what I like is Black Dog, which is an MB Rolling product. It's the, uh, it's the white dog, the distillate that comes off the steel before it goes into a barrel. Uh, but this is with the, the mash bill that has the smoked corn. I think it's like 30% uh, smoked corn and uh, I, can't, I can't remember how much of the other ingredients there are, but uh, something about that smoky taste uh, in a Bloody Mary. I like to make it with Zing Zang. Uh, we, don't, we have no affiliation with, with any brands mm -hmm. uh, other than, you know, uh, Beverage Barn sells them all. Uh, and. Zing Zang is nice and spicy. I like a spicy Bloody Mary. Sometimes we'll put a little bit of uh, horseradish in there. In there. Oh, sure. We're definitely gonna put a little olive brine in there and uh, maybe a little Worcestershire sauce. Uh, and if Jennifer's making them, I don't know what kind of magic touch she, touch she has. It's the best Bloody Mary I've ever had with Black Dog from good old MB Roll. Speaking of my friends at Limestone Branch, uh, while I was having the Spirit of Limestone, my wife was having uh, a, a, a bourbon Bloody Mary. I, I call it a, a Bloody Bourbon. I'm not sure if that's the proper name. Uh, and this involved Yellowstone. And uh, they had, uh, there's a, a Bloody Mary mix out there called uh, Bloody Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kentucky made Kentucky, product. Yeah. Uh, and so they, they made their Bloody Bourbon with that. And they used a, a bacon salt around the rim. Mm -hmm. And that was absolutely nice. in Miss Donna's wheelhouse. She loved that. Yeah. Well, let me just say, I'm glad you guys didn't do Bloody Mary today because I absolutely hate Bloody Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brett. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I've never liked uh, tomato juice. I don't really like tomatoes that much. But in the last three or four years, you know, your taste change every seven years. Yeah. And the last three or four years, I've really gotten into the Bloody Marys uh, and, and really have become, uh, come to be able to appreciate those. So, anyway, with that said, that's all for this episode. Please. Drink responsibly.